and we welcome you into Berea. It is the best podcast available. I'm Jason Gibbs to the left of me and a dribble to the right of me. Former Browns offensive lineman John Greco. Browns have won four of five, four in a row at home. A big 27-19 win over the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. And Gribbs, uh, a game that took a little bit to get going for this football team and wasn't necessarily the prettiest, but offense ends up with 27 points and a big win and get to within a game of 506-7. Yeah, you know, this was one of those games where, as I wrote, I mean, the Browns were due for this kind of win in that they – have been on the wrong side of some of these games where they've outgained their opponent, dominated time of possession, dominated in a lot of different ways the way the Bengals did, but ultimately didn't make the kind of plays uh, that they needed to to get the get the win. And now the Browns were the sloppy team throughout the game, didn't really have a ton of scoring chances, but when the Bengals were in the scoring area, they limited their opportunities and came out uh, with a win. And the key to that was obviously a big play by Denzel Ward, something this defense literally has not made in two years. And uh, just just steady red zone defense and taking advantage of some some really questionable Cincinnati play calling in the in the red zone and I think that that uh, just allowed you to win a game that may not have been the prettiest but it, as I mentioned to someone that I interacted with on social media after this game like who all of a sudden thinks this is college football and style points matter like you look at the Bengals ske- schedule and their score by score week by week a lot of their scores look like this I mean this is a team that has hung in a lot of games. They really only started getting blown out when they put in Finley in there. They have an adult at quarterback and Andy Dalton, and they're they're going to be competitive. And I, I think that this was just a game you had to kind of grind out and, and win uh, to keep your postseason hopes alive. And, John, you and I talked about it earlier. You went 1-0, and that's what this team needs to focus on here in these last four weeks, not what everybody else in the league is doing, not where their playoff hopes lie, they, they have to focus on going 1-0, and and we just talked about it. It can be ugly as long as you go 1-0. That's all that matters. Absolutely. And, you know, we find ourselves talking when, when the team loses, we say, man, if we just had these three or four plays go our way, we win the game. And, and Sunday, the Browns did that. They found a way to win, and that's what they're doing. That's, that's, the, that's the goal each week, whether you run the ball 40 times or throw the ball 40 times or your defense scores – no matter what you do, you know, get a big uh, special team spark. No matter what you do, you want to come out on top. And they found a way to win, and it was great to see. The running game, not really a factor till the second half, but it's pretty nice when you get to see two running backs, two of the top maybe ten, if not top five running backs in the league in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb carrying the football for your football team when you're really rolling. Yeah, and I know there's been a lot of focus on the play calling in the first half, and, and I – to defend what Freddie has said, I think like when you started passing the ball that first drive, it was looking really easy, and I think that that could that was trending in the right direction. But one really unfortunate turnover that probably shouldn't have been a turnover, and then a, uh, then a bad throw by Baker, and all of a sudden you really haven't had the ball all that much, and you've thrown the ball a bunch because it was working, but you've turned it over twice and don't have any points to show for it. So I understood that, but then once you took the second half, you had a lead somehow in the first half, even though the Bengals completely outplayed you in, the, in that first half. You take the lead with the running game and then kind of let that carry you the rest of the way. But still, as good as the running game was, you don't end the game the way you did without some of those huge throws on third down. I mean, you converted. Uh, Baker had 92 yards on four third down throws in this game. I mean, he he made some of his biggest plays on third down, and those were third and longs that were set up by some of these running plays that didn't work out so well. So I, I think that uh, I, the running game, I think, could have been better, but it did carry you in the second half. 
Yeah, and, and I think from an offensive line standpoint, John, maybe the best effort from that from that group this year. Yeah, absolutely, and it's the it was their sixth different combination of starters up front, and I thought they played well statistically. You know, you look at their uh, pressures given up and everything, and it was statistically one of their best. But just the little things that they were doing, in my opinion, was the best that they've played all season. You know, you saw guys sustaining blocks, moving guys. When you, you know, every, there's a lot of stalemates on that offensive line, and it's who can displace the line of scrimmage, who is pushing. You're either getting pushed back a yard, or you're pushing your guy a yard. In the way he doesn't want to go, and then when you see guys dump guys, it's when you know the running backs running by, and your your uh, defender leaves leaves your block and stretches an arm out to try to make an arm tackle. That's when you fall on top of them. So you saw a lot of that, and you know uh, Andrew talked about a critical uh, some critical plays in the pass game uh, late in the game, and you know a third and ten screen conversion where you saw linemen getting out in space and making blocks downfield and and allowing that that screen to really go and that was a huge spark on third and ten when you can stay on the field and and convert and and you know sustain a drive I mean that's that's big for your offense those are back-breaking plays Uh, just the number of yards alone that Baker converted on those big third downs Kendall Lamb uh, making a start (laughs) basically making his debut long term I mean we've saw him for a couple plays but uh, really making his debut uh, on Sunday and didn't, uh, didn't disappoint at the right tackle position in place of Chris Hubbard. Yeah, and, you know, he was going against, uh, you know, Carlos Dunlap, who, who's a pretty good player, really good player, and has been for a long time, and has really been kind of a, a cornerstone on that Bengals defensive line for a number of years now. So it's not like he was out there facing their third-string guy. I mean, he – he was he was blocking a quality defender, and it was it was nice to see you know when you're when you're asked to go in there and and uh, you know not have a, a drop of of performance and um, you know maybe play in a, in a new spot a new you know a lot of a lot of it being asked of you and I, I thought he handled it really well I was impressed. Yeah. yeah, I mean this was just I mean it was two different tackles from the previous week. You yeah. different. I mean you did you had Greg Robinson back and and Ken, and and Kendall Lamb there on the right side and you know I know it's a it's maybe a. Uh, they have some good players on the defensive line, but they're not exactly Pittsburgh on the defensive line. But it was a completely different game, I thought. For and it's it really is a shame that the passing game, passing offense, just didn't really go very well in other areas. But Baker had time throughout the whole game, and really that one sack, I don't that definitely wasn't on the tackles. That seemed like an interior issue. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it. You know, we we talk about Kendall Lamb coming back, but Greg Robinson coming in and, yeah. and coming back and playing strong. I mean. Before uh, that concussion in the week of the Steeler game, he was playing really well since he'd been sat down for a game. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, we we talked about it all off season before he signed the the one year deal in Cleveland. I mean, is this now we're, is this a conversation we have to revisit again at the end of this year? Because these this position isn't just isn't available in in the free agency market, and with a mid round first round draft pick, you're you're basically taking a gamble on who you might be able to go after at that position. So. Uh, a lot of questions on the offensive line in the offseason, and Greg Robinson's at least playing in a level where you have to talk about where his role might be if he has a role in this team moving forward. Defensively, a solid effort uh, from this football team. A, a bend but don't break, I, I would say, kind of mentality. They gave up some yards, but when it mattered inside the red zone, uh, they held tight and really did a nice job limiting Cincinnati's points inside that red zone. John – just need a little bit maybe more of that pass rush and obviously you're missing miles and you're missing vernon now as well but 
you know, some of those younger guys getting some meaningful snaps and they've got to step up and play a little bit better here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you have the opportunity, you have to shine. You have to be um, like, you know, I, I, you hear me, I say it all the time, uh, become a part of the solution and not the problem. So, you know, when you have, when you have that opportunity, you know, do a little bit extra, watch a little bit more film, figure out a way to beat your guy and really, you know, look to see them scheme a little bit different. If they're not winning one-on-one matchups, creating pressure, see some more blitzers, some more uh, pressures, design different things to get after the quarterback, especially with a, um, you know, a young quarterback here on Sunday. You know, you got to try to rattle him because he's proven that when he's under duress or trying to win the game on his own, he throws it away, and that's what the Browns are going to be looking to do. Yeah, and I, and I think it's also bringing, bringing that blitz from somewhere else, whether it's a defensive back, whether a safety, a linebacker spot. Got to find a way to bring uh, some additional pressure here uh, on a young rookie quarterback. You t- mentioned Denzel Ward-Gribbs uh, earlier on, but since he's come back from his injury, he is playing at, at a Pro Bowl level, I would say. Yeah, him and Greedy both have been very solid uh, at that cornerback position. And it was one of those things where when they were gone – the guys held their own when, when, while they were out, but you notice a difference with both of those guys on the field. The only they obviously had the issues with the deep ball in Pittsburgh. I think they've fixed that and gotten over that. The the one thing that I think continues to get them a little bit are these inside slants. Those are the only ones that that have really that's the only real way you've been able to find success against Denzel Ward this season. Uh, but that kind of play, I mean, it's been a long time coming for him. I think it he hadn't had a pick six since high school, uh, and he really. I think a lot of that had to do with no one really threw at him at Ohio State, and now uh, he's coming to the NFL, and a lot of guys all of a sudden are throwing at the uh, greedy on the other side of the field. So uh, good for him to make make the most of an opportunity. And finally, from what we've seen with the Browns, there, there's been so many close pick sixes that have almost happened. I almost go back to the was it the Joe Schobert one on the first game of last year where that could have won the game for you, and he ultimately had to settle for a tie. I mean. Those plays are important as much as the interception is huge, but scoring is important because nothing is guaranteed once you get that ball back. And uh, for him to get in, that just felt good, and, and it just made you realize how much those kind of plays can change the game because it had been two years since you had one. And really the last one, I'm trying to go back to the one before that because the last one the Browns had was completely irrelevant. It was in Correct. the fourth quarter of a blowout. Uh, I would like to see, that was the, maybe the most relevant one in recent memory for this team. And that does so much for your team. I mean – the Bengals were had a drive going. You know the crowd's not into it. Then all of a sudden you get an interception. The crowd goes goes absolutely nuts. You know you're sitting on on the sidelines. You know you're looking through the the Microsoft Surface. You're looking at the looks, the plays. You're talking about what's coming up. And then all of a sudden you hear everybody going nuts and you see it. And and that's a huge spark for a team. And when you can score points on defense or special teams, you know it takes a lot of pressure off the offense. Then you can get back to doing things like running the ball, which uh, we all know and love. And it's so imp- it's so nice to see another team self-destruct with those kind of plays <laughs> yes. because that was it was before the pick six it was a stupid 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty on Joe Mixon yeah. Yeah. that puts you in the third and long yep. and I know it's on a rundown here but by the way they almost called that a second down they they were a second away from running that play as a second down before the officials realized it should yeah. have been third down yeah. uh and that so you're in third and 23 and you're trying to make a play as opposed to a third and eight which you're not going to be forcing a throw as much and lo and behold, you 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 get the the big play the other way. Well, and you mentioned you're sitting on the bench, John, and you watch it. And I almost felt like the offense was a little sluggish because they sat for too long. Because the defense makes the play, now the defense has to go back out on the you know defense back out on the field. Is that is 
there's such a problem that that can happen? I think so, yeah, especially, you know, it's this time of year. It's December. It's colder. So, you know, you, you kind of get out of it. And when you're in there and you're playing and you're in it for a series or you score and you have a long drive, but maybe a pun and then you come out, you know, you're, you're in it. But when you're sitting for a long time, you know, your mind drifts, you're in the game, you're like, okay, what, what, what's coming up? What's, uh, what are the plays we're thinking about in this next series? What have we been doing well? So, yeah, I think there's an element to that. But, you know, I'll get back to it. There's been times where I've been sitting on the sidelines on that bench talking to the guys, and I look, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, come on, pick six. You know, let's, let's, why not? Why not right now? And, and Andrew, like you said, it, it seems like it's always going the opposite way. Finally, it went yeah. our way, and who knows? Maybe this is one of many to come. Yeah, and it, I also think that the offense was maybe a little bit in shell shock after how that first series <laughs> ended. I mean, everything, you yeah. were, you were moving down the field. I mean, it was looking easy. It yep. was looking like all these other opening drives have uh, during this stretch. And really, you d- you made a play you should have made. You-, you threw it over the middle to your tight end. He catches the ball. He's laying on the ground. And then you, yeah. you then you go through a lengthy review where you think you're getting the ball back because it seems so obvious. And then you don't get the ball back, and everyone's kind of just in shell shock, like what just happened. And it wasn't as if you were doing anything wrong per se. It just but it just ended poorly, and and then things just kind of unraveled a little bit from from that point forward. I just want to talk big picture around the league. We know that the officiating was what it was on Sunday. It was it was a little rough at times, and it, it's been a little rough throughout the season, and there were some challenges and some reviews that went one way, and you thought for sure they were going the other way. I, I just want to know, I mean, can, can this – I know they say they're going to fix the officiating problem or look into fixing whatever has gone wrong this year. But, I mean, th- th- this is something that I feel like can bring down this football league if it continues on the trend that it's going right now. Absolutely. And you saw, you know, the implications of the, the big missed call last season in the NFC uh, title game. And, obviously, there was a major rule change because of it. And even now, it's just – you almost get the sense that it's so inconsistent where, you know, you see a play unravel and there's a no call and you say, okay, we should challenge this and it's – it's going to be overturned without a doubt, and we're going to be rolling. And then it just doesn't. Or you're hoping for it to get overturned, and it, it you know, it, it just it's one of those things you really have. No, it's like a coin flip. You just don't know. It's human error. It's going to you know, it's a judgment call. They're getting advice from the booth or from New York or wherever, and it just you never know what's going to happen. Well, I don't know how many times over the last few weeks we've gone to a review and. and we're watching it up in our booth. You know, we've got th- we got three different TVs. We're watching it, and we're going, yeah, that's going our way, I think. Yeah. Well, and it, then they come back and it doesn't. Here, here's the crazy thing: there's definitely been a shift in the pass interference thing because there was for the first yeah. half of the season you challenged pass interference; it's a waste of a challenge. Yeah. Now the Browns have not only benefited from two of these reversals of pass interferences, they didn't challenge either of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. both of them were on-field challenges. One was because it was in, inside two minutes. The other one was because it was a turnover. So that play, if that ball had just fallen incomplete, you're punting there. Yeah. Because they wouldn't. There, there's no way the Browns would have challenged for pass interference uh, in that kind of situation. But then on the other side, I'm sitting there sweating it out for three <laughs> minutes after the Jarvis Landry play. I'm wondering, are they really going to overturn this? Yeah. Because there was maybe a little bit of early blocking on Steven Carlson on that play. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that that might have been called, and I, that would have been a huge, a huge overturn. Uh, the Bengals certainly felt irate about it on the sidelines. Yeah. There, I mean, they, uh, it's just it's just hard to predict. I, my big issue was uh, all this stuff is it, it gets 
under a microscope because we have such better technology now. Everyone's engaging with the game on social media. Uh, I'll go back to it worried me that they almost ran a play on second down when it should have been third down. Yeah. That was the one where I was like, okay, that like let's let's fix this let's stuff. Slow down here. Yeah, yeah. like like this could, that could have been a, a major uh, impl- a major thing that happened in the game, and you know those are the things that that need to get focused on. All right. We're done with the Bengals, at least for a few weeks. We'll revisit them coming up at the end of the football season. But we turn our attention now to the Arizona Cardinals. And, uh, I mean, obviously the record isn't uh, what they had hoped it would be. I guess my big question is, Gribbs, when I take a look at them, they're not a terrible team. They're not good. But is it a is that record – kind of symbolic of the division that they're playing in right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the division has a lot to do with it, and I think when you have a rookie at quarterback, I mean, we've just experienced this. I mean, you can hit a wall at some point in the season, and it's there aren't many qu- rookie quarterbacks that finish a season like Baker did last year. I mean, usually you hit a yeah. wall and you're just trying to get through the rest of the season. I mean, this is a young quarterback who's a different kind of quarterback, first-year coach, uh, and then a team that wasn't going to be great on the offensive line and not great on defense. And I think that's where it's kind of spiraled uh, out of control a little bit for them. I think they've lost now, what, six straight. And uh, it, it's just a it's, a it's a weird team, but one that concerns me a little bit because I still think they have the capability to score points. And if you're looking for a weakness on the Browns right now, it's a defense that is filled with a ton of rookies and, and young guys traveling to the other side of the country. Uh, you're 0 for 3 against the NFC West. You haven't traveled all that great this season on your long trips. I mean, that those are the things that that worry me a little bit. They and the the, the Cardinals have hung in a lot of these games. I mean, this is going to be a game yeah. that probably goes down to the fourth quarter, uh, and, and and you really have not seen a quarterback like Kyler Murray, Murray all year uh, since Lamar Jackson. I mean, that, this you got to be disciplined the same way you were against him. How do you defend Kyler Murray, John? Uh, I mean. I know you're from the offensive side of the football, but watching him, I mean, he uh, he's definitely not afraid to take chances on things. That's it, and and he's a risk taker, and and uh, you know, like I said earlier, that's either feast or famine. So when you you do that and you try to extend plays and with your legs and and get out of the pocket and make big plays downfield, you know, you either force things and that's when you throw picks, or you try to do a little bit too much and you take sacks, and then the ball you get careless with the ball. Or, you know, on the other flip of the side of the coin, you guys get open when a play is extended because you can't cover forever, and that's how they make big plays. So I think, you know, you saw their head coach even say that, you know, after the bye, before the bye, he was having a lot of success. He was making big plays. He was he was in rhythm. He was making his throws on time. He was just kind of leading the offense. They were doing methodical things, even though it was up-tempo. And you got the sense, and you can argue about their division, their schedule and everything, but after the bye, they, he got into a thing where he was trying to do too much. He was trying to force things. He was trying to win it by himself. And I think, you know, if, if they can get him out of that, that's when he's really going to be dangerous. And, and like I said, at any time, if he's buying time for, uh, you know, guys to get open, he can make people pay. you got to take advantage of this defense, though. I mean, that's this. you got to be yeah. able to score points against this team because, uh, you know, f- first off, I think it was Duck Hodges this weekend was 8-for-8 eight eight on third down against the Cardinals. I mean, that's just – that's unheard of yeah. uh, to be that successful on third down. And then secondly, if anyone – if you guys play a lot of fantasy football, you know one thing about the Arizona Cardinals is they cannot guard tight ends. Every tight end that goes into Arizona has had huge days. So this, if you want to circle up David Njoku or potentially even Steven Carlson to have a, a big kind of game, this one would be it. I mean, 
week one after they play the Lions, everyone thinks TJ Hawkinson is the next Gronk. I mean, he had a huge game. Tyler Higby went over 100 yards against them. I mean, week after week, they give up tons of yards to their tight ends. Uh, so that that's an area where you have to take advantage of this game. Yeah. And you would love to see it in the red zone, get those guys going in the red zone where, uh, yeah, you know, then. historically, uh, you know, this season, the Browns have struggled, you know, scoring touchdowns. So it'd be nice to get down there and, and like you said, kind of uh, – take advantage of, of their lack of coverage abilities on those tight ends, whether it's linebackers not being able to cover the athleticism or if it's, you know, getting a big body on, on one of the smaller secondary guys. I wanted to ask you, their offensive line's given up 47 sacks this year, but is that a case of the offensive line being a little rough? Is that a case of Kyler Murray with happy feet? I think it's both. Uh, you know, when when a, when a line has gives up zero sacks – I always say it's everybody's involved in that. It's about people getting rid of the quarterbacks, getting rid of the ball on time. It's about the right uh, running the right routes. It's about just you know being on on point, calling plays. And on the flip side of things, I think it's a little bit of both. And a lot of those could be tight ends, you know, involved in protections or running backs, or or you don't know what kind of blitzes they have if, if they're some kind of empty protections where they're bringing one more than the offensive line can bring. You know, I'm not trying to just create excuses or bail them out, but I, I think if you really looked at every one of them on tape, you would probably see that it's maybe 50-50 or a little bit more that uh, Kyler's trying to take uh, you know some shots or trying to create time, like I said, in the pocket and extend plays. And then at the end of the day, you can only block your guy for so long, and especially when, when he's out of the pocket – then you really lose control. You, I mean, you can't grab guys. They start calling holding calls. So I would say it's a little bit of both. Gribble, what happened to David Johnson? I don't know. I mean, that, that's the, that's another thing. I mean, I think it's that 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 to me tells me it's the offensive line. I mean, that's that's one. He's dealt with some injuries first off, sure. and, and then yeah. they just aren't running the ball the way they used to. Because I think that you saw in their draft this year. I'm not saying that they should have loaded up on offensive line, but they just loaded up on well, skill guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean they they loaded up on skill guys uh, in the draft and really didn't uh, fortify an offensive line. They've had a couple first round picks not go their way, uh, guys that just really didn't pan out. Uh, and now they're running back. They're strictly running back by committee right now. And I think uh, you look back at last week, Kenyon Drake has been their number one guy. Uh, and he's a guy I covered back at Alabama. I mean, he's I don't think he's a every down guy. I mean, the, the, he should be your your change of pace guy. But I they paid David Johnson a lot of money and it's not looking so great right now. Old reliable Larry Fitzgerald just keeps putting up the numbers, leading the team in receptions. He has three touchdowns on the year. Uh, you know, He's given you a lot, but his body can only give you so much, I feel like, right now. And that's and that's where they're at in terms of playmakers. And But, yeah, he's a guy you better know where he is on the field. He will be a tough matchup for whoever is set to cover him on Sunday. Yeah, he's reinvented himself the way the Heinz Ward did near the end of his career with the Steelers. And, you know, it's just a, a, it, it helps to have him in that offense. It's just – the, the offense there is just kind of a mess right now. I just think that it's it's just a weird mix and match of pieces, and I I, I think uh, Kingsbury's a guy that's going to need a, a couple years to get his kind of personnel sure. in there. I mean, yeah. it's hard to do in one season, and even then when he gets his personnel in there, I don't know how it's going to work out. So, I mean, right now that I'd say the Cardinals are definitely in a transition phase, but they've had games where they've looked pretty potent, so you just hope it's not one of those weeks where you're the defense that's, that's given up a lot of plays to them. How tough is it? To, to play out there in Arizona. I, I'll be honest, I was talking to John before we started this. Uh, this is my seventh year running the 
the network side of things. This is our first trip to Arizona. I said last played in 2011. I, I saw you weren't a starter then, but you were with the team when yeah. you went out there. So. Yeah. I, I played there uh, a number of times. Obviously, I played in that division when I was with the Rams, um, and we played there with the Giants. But, you know, it's funny, speaking of from, you know, a Browns perspective, you know, you look outside, every your everyday life here, it's December, it's cold, it's snowing. Sun will reappear in March. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's gray, you're wearing dark, heavy jackets every day. Uh, you go out there, you know, you're like, I should be swinging the sticks, playing some golf, laying by the pool, and it's like, oh, wait, we got to go play football. With that being said, I, you know, I've always had a tough time out there. I've seen, I think I've won a couple games, but it's always a tough, tough place to play for whatever reason. It's like, you know, when you play in Detroit, it's, it's just like they play, they play a little bit better at home. They're, you know, obviously going through a lot of, uh, you know, turmoil right now. They're struggling for a win. They're, they're trying to fight for a win. So I think it's going to be a tough place to play, but what a better opportunity to go out there for Baker, you know, going against some of his, uh, ex-teammates and, and coach and everything, and uh, should be exciting. I imagine we saw all the videos from last week's game with the Steelers. Obviously, they had a, they had a stadium takeover with their fans. I, I am, have to imagine there's going to be a similar yeah. Browns fan-type presence, Yes, not only from the locals, but from the, the Clevelanders looking to make a vacation out of it so to get there in December. Gift yeah. For yeah, I mean, I, I would expect a lot uh, of Browns fans. I mean, we saw a lot in San Francisco earlier this year. The trips yep. you don't make often – are where you seem to see the, the most Browns fans. Absolutely. All right, keys to getting a Browns victory, getting to 7-7, seven and seven, staying in that playoff hunt, and, and setting up what could be a real special matchup with the Ravens in a week and a half. Got to take care of business first here on Sunday. Mr. Greco, we'll start with you. Keys to a Browns win. You all go to the offensive side of the ball. Just take care of the football, you know, Try to stack another good game play from the offensive line standpoint. Protect Baker and take some shots. And I said all year, you know, get the ball to the running backs, whether it's passing it to uh, you know Cream Hunt or you know the screen game, and then just just let Nick Chubb be be him. You know, he's he's cutting well. He's he his, seems like his vision is is uh, really at the top of his game right now. He's he's seeing things. He's making quick adjustments, quick decisions, I should say, and he's hitting things full speed. And that's the thing. The guys are blocking well for him up front, doing doing just enough to get him through to the second level, and he's making guys miss. Hey, I'll, I'll flip to defense. I think you've got to limit Kyler Murray to maybe 50 yards or less rushing, and I think you got to take advantage and, and pick him off at least a couple times. you got to make, make him look like a rookie. You've had you've had mixed results against rookie quarterbacks this year. Safe to say, I mean, Duck Hodges, you didn't you didn't make him look like a rookie. Brandon Allen, you didn't make look like a rookie. But you've also had some some better efforts against some some younger guys. Make it look like week two against the Jets when you were facing their mix mash of Trevor Simeon and Luke Falk. I mean, that's what it should look like when you're playing a young quarterback. This is clearly a quarterback with way more talent than any of those other rookie quarterbacks you faced. Uh, but you just have to t- let, make him regret some of the throws he did the Steelers did exactly that the Steelers didn't play a really good offensive game they haven't uh really all season since Roethlisberger went down but they played the Steelers kind of game and, and really that game was was never too much in doubt all right gentlemen till next week let's hope we are talking about a seven and seven football team and getting ready for a huge huge matchup at First Energy Stadium to close out the home portion of the schedule with the Ravens for Andrew Gribble For John Greco, I'm Jason Gibbs. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today to the best podcast available. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the best podcast available.